Hello everyone and welcome to episode 174 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host Daryl and I'm here with the lovely Lauren. Oh, I'm lovely today. Yes, you are. Oh, thank you. It must be all that glow. That glow I have. It's the pregnancy glow. Yeah, I stole it from some other... Oh, I was going to say B word, but that that uh, won't <laughs> fly well this episode because we don't swear on the Final Fantasy Union podcast. We're we're nice people. We're we good people. Very good Wholesome people. people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, how are we feeling, Lauren? It's been a couple of weeks now since <sighs> E three has uh, finalized itself, and a bit weird, really. Like it just kind of feels like this year has just flown. I mean. We still have a few events coming up, don't we? We have like TGS and uh, Gamescom and Paris Games Week and stuff. So we still have like stuff to sort of look forward to. But like at the moment, I don't really know what. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't really know. I really don't know what what to look forward to other than maybe Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, that's next year now. I know. So, I mean, how are you feeling about E3? Obviously, uh, we went into it with expectations. Mm. From a Final Fantasy perspective, it didn't really deliver. Um no. But, you know, there was lots of other stuff that was shown. It was okay. I mean, um, I feel like it kind of, it, it was kind of lackluster just because of all the, like, leaks and stuff. And, I mean, I can't help it with Walmart. Um, but... It was really cool to have like a couple surprises like Cyberpunk 2077 was that was pretty boss. And obviously Bethesda announced quite a few new games. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a new Screen X Putnam Games collaboration which is always accepted. Neo 2 yeah. good as well. So yeah, there was still stuff. Um There was still some things. Obviously the Final Fantasy 7 remake uh had a big, well, I wouldn't say it was a big omission, but mm-hmm. um Square Enix took the decision not to have it at the show, but Which I guess is fair enough. But um Nomura still uh was asked questions about it in numerous interviews that were obviously meant to be about Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> uh he can't escape it, but I guess that's the problem when you're producing or directing the probably the most anticipated game of all time yeah yeah um and that's actually what we're going to be talking about today because although we obviously want to look more towards the future e3 is in the past we don't want to dwell on it too much based on some of the things that namura has said in the interviews that he conducted um we kind of want to look into the whole they announced the remake too soon scenario and kind of what that meant how it occurred um and because there's been a slight change in messaging around that whole we announced things too early because it's not squarings have always been kind of they they've held their hands up and said we did announce it too early and their previous reason was i guess more uh more practical but Nomura's kind of opened up a little bit more so we'll get into that in a bit um and we're also going to be covering some news some of the stuff that's been happening in the last couple of weeks uh so hopefully you guys can look forward to that yeah for you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we're now going to do our Patreon shoutouts, and this is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. And we're going to kick things off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Lewis James. Then we've got Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morellas. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Nahika Blawi. Marcus Konecki. Josh McNabb. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Z Duranto 58. Mike. Dustin Smith. 
Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Ishbel Ayala at Red Beppers. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. My Quam. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. Miles Ribbons. Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. David C. And lastly, Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Cappy. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake being announced too early. Mm. It's an, obviously a controversial topic in the sense that it's a lot of quite feels. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite triggering for a lot of people. I think there's every single time it comes up, there's this expectation that Square Enix are going to show it, and they and they fuel that expectation. There mm-hmm. there have been so many times over the last year or two that they've they've said. We're thinking about when we're going to show it next. We're looking forward to show it at a big event this year. Like, yeah. or, or Nomura saying that he wants to show stuff, but the seniors at Square Enix don't want him to. There's just been this kind of undercurrent of it could be at the next show. It could yeah. be the next show. And obviously it hasn't been at any of them. No. So it's been a, a kind of annoying scenario. But um, just to kind of refresh your memory, uh, when when the, the 7 remake was actually announced, E3 2015, Nomura was conducting interviews, and I believe it was with an interview that he did with Eurogamer, that he said that they had announced the game not because it was ready or because they were um, actually making progress on it. I think at the time they were barely at the concept stage, but he said that they had announced it because they were desperately trying to sell more PlayStation 4 consoles. They had lots of upcoming games. They had Final Fantasy 15. They had World of Final Fantasy. They had Nier Automata. They had Kingdom Hearts 3. And these were all PlayStation 3 exclusives. Well, or at least big PlayStation, big play, yeah, um, like big PlayStation games because we know that Final Fantasy 15 uh, didn't sell very well on Xbox One. Kingdom Hearts 3 is, is probably not going to sell that well on Xbox One. No. So they were desperately trying to sell PlayStation 4s and they felt that if they announced the 7 remake that people would go out and preemptively buy the PlayStation 4 and then because they had it, they would be more inclined to buy Square Enix games. Like it's it's, really it's a logical thing, um, kind and of like it's it's more logical if they already had Final Fantasy VII remake like kind of solidified, because at this point, like we're even sort of thinking now that it's not going to come out until PlayStation Five. It's a potential. Like you know, it's it's a bit silly if um if they had this in mind with their scheduling or their roadmap or whatever. And then it doesn't even come well, out I mean, on PlayStation I w- 4. Well, I I would say that um, obviously things have happened that have pushed things back. Yeah. Uh, it's not too uncommon for Nomura Games for this to happen. Kingdom Hearts 3 obviously had its issues that pushed it back. But um, I I would have thought that... I mean, we, we don't know when the PlayStation 4 life cycle is going to end. No. At the moment, based on what's happening, my feeling is that they're going to still release it on the PlayStation 4, but it will be a crossover game. So obviously we had it with like Tomb Raider, The Last of Us. They they were games that released on the PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. but the goal obviously was to have the remastered edition on the PlayStation 4, the, the true edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something they could definitely do with the 7 remake. And that's how I remember Katarze, um during after the uh, 30th anniversary uh, event, he said that one of his biggest challenges is continuity between the parts of the 7 remake. And obviously... If it's appearing on different consoles, if they release one part exclusively on the PlayStation 4 and another part exclusively on the PlayStation 5, which is basically the scenario they've got themselves in now, 
that's not going to be consistent because mm. the graphical capabilities are going to be so, so different. Like everything else is going to be so different. Whereas if they do it this way and do it as a cross-generation game for the first part, then at least there is a degree of consistency between the first and the second part. They- I mean, I guess you can still sort of see it with other series. I mean, obviously The Last of Us, um, they ported it to the PlayStation 4 and now The Last of Us uh, 2 is is being made for the PlayStation 4, but the first one was made for the PlayStation 3. Um, so it's not uncommon for series to jump generations. No, but I think the difference But because here, this is supposed yeah. to be considered a full experience, but there again, they have advertised that as well as like full games for each part so i don't know it's really it's really up in the air at this point about what's going to happen i just know that i personally have been burnt before when i've bought a console for the sole purpose of a game that has only been announced i mean even you just have to look back at we're going to try and focus on namura here but if you just look at him Versus 13, you I know, know, it was billed as a PlayStation 3 exclusive. People were really excited about it. I was it. so adamant about and getting a PlayStation 3 there were it. There were definitely people that bought PlayStation 3s because they were hoping to play that game mm-hmm. and it ended up coming out on the PlayStation 4 as a completely different game. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it does happen. Um, it doesn't happen very often. No, but, but it does, it does happen. happen. Yeah, I mean, my was, uh, was StarCraft Ghost. I will always remember StarCraft Ghost. Got PlayStation 2 just for StarCraft Ghost, and then it never came to be. I think the lesson here is that you should never buy a console for an upcoming game. Yeah, buy it, it once the game is like has a release date yes, coming or, out. Or if you feel there's a collection of games that can tide you over until it actually comes yeah. out. Yeah, but yeah, no, like don't buy a console just for an a potential game. Yes. But okay. <laughs> so, so basically, um, what's changed is that Nomura was talking about the the announcement of the game, um, and he basically went into um, how he feels personally about uh, situations like this, and he gave another take on why they announced it so early. So he was saying that, uh, from a personal perspective, he really struggles with the constant pressure that fans put on him, like asking him what he's working on all the time. Um, and then from a, from another side, he he obviously hates leaks because it ruins surprises that they've got planned. Um, if rumors get uh, released that aren't accurate or at least somewhat accurate, then he doesn't want gamers to start believing the the incorrect rumors about. He games. wants to control the narrative. And then and then w- if those two scenarios do happen, he then finds it very tedious. And honestly, he said he dreads it. He has he dreads having to respond to questions about leaks or rumors or these kind of stuff because he'd rather answer questions about the actual game, not like, oh, this happened or someone said this or can you comment on this thing? And I kind of understand. Like it's it's a fair point. I like do. it's it's a it's a rough situation to be in. But and I think you're gonna have your say on this as well, <laughs> I think it's slightly strange for him to say this because he probably more than anyone else within that company fuels everything that, that happens around this. So he is he is known within Kingdom Hearts for putting teaser trailers at the end of his games. So of course people are going to ask him, "Where's Birth by Sleep Volume Two? Remember yeah. that game you teased? Like, 
what's happening with Versus 13, that game you announced like six years ago. Yeah. What's going on with Agato 13? Like, yeah, what's like, going on with Kingdom with, Hearts 3? Um, like, with Birth by Sleep Final Mix, like the fact that, yeah, they had a trailer, a small trailer for Birth by Sleep Volume 2. And then, you know, years later, without a peep, we got uh, the fragmentary passage or whatever um, in Kingdom Hearts 2.8. And it just wasn't, it wasn't Birth by Sleep Volume 2. And it doesn't even seem like we're going to get a Volume 2 of Birth by Sleep. And I mean, furthermore, it even kind of felt that way in a, in a way with Kingdom Hearts 1. Because um, the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 1, it was just so different to what we got next. I mean, we got a Chain of Memories after Kingdom Hearts 1. And you consider how dark and like mysterious... The um the end of Kingdom Heart the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts one was it took us a little while to get to Kingdom Hearts two where we actually got to live that scene and then when we did live that scene it just wasn't as I I never felt it was as cool as what they did with that secret ending in uh, Kingdom Hearts one and I think also with the whole volume two for Birth by Sleep. Before the game came out, he spoke to the media and said that there was going to be a teaser trailer. It was going to be uh, to uh, tease the next major game within the Kingdom Hearts franchise. It wasn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, when it, when he's talking about the fact that he doesn't like fans constantly asking him what he's working on, well, don't tell them. Don't give them Don't give hints. them any ammunition. Because, because with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, okay, so it was somewhat unintentional, but even still... When they did that Final Fantasy VII tech demo, they must have known that there were going to be questions being asked because yeah. even at during the presentation, Yuichi Wada joked afterwards that no, we're not actually making this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why? Why did you do it then? Like, yeah, okay, so they'd done a Final Fantasy VI tech demo before, they had done a Final Fantasy VIII tech demo before, but things had changed. And during that press conference as well, if I remember correctly. Sony had done a lot of tech demos. They'd done a lot of previs. They'd done all this kind of stuff for games like Killzone and Motorstorm, games that were actually being made. And you know, if they didn't want the, if they didn't want to be constantly asked about things like the Final Fantasy VII remake, tell people it's never happening. Tell people they don't have any vision for that. They don't want to remake games. If it's the whole Versus Thirteen thing, tell people the game's cancelled. Like mm-hmm. just. If, if you can't deal with that pressure of fans constantly asking what you're working just on... Just give them something final. Yeah, give them some, give them a final answer so that they can't keep... You, you keep expend, extending the hope mm-hmm. that there is something. There's that. And then there's also um, the sort of mandating what Nomura says to both publications and what he says during press conferences as well. Because, I mean, when he was at... Um, well, not press conferences, but interviews and stuff... Um, when he was at uh, Magic, he said outright, like, he only had a couple screenshots to show, but he really wanted to show a lot more. He wanted to show a trailer or something, but Square Enix told him no, which also kind of contradicts his previous statements about um, him with them with, like, CyberConnect2, because he obviously was looking forward to showing people this um the footage from what they've done with cyber connect 2 and then like a couple months later they said that they scrapped everything and said that cyber connect 2 was out like it's all just very very strange um 
how he goes about it. But like, if you say something like, oh, well, we, I really wanted to show this or keep a lookout at the next event. Like he, he, he has said in the past, like the next big game, game event will probably do something like, don't make those statements. I know that you're trying to sort of hook people in, but it's just more damaging yeah, and to that's, you. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think he is very guilty of, if anything. Uh, it's that he, he likes to try and have that hook. So yeah, January 2017, I believe it was, he said, we're going to be showing the Final Fantasy VII Remake at a major trade show this year. We haven't decided which one yet, but please be excited for it. Mm. Please keep a lookout for all the major trade shows to see if there's a, there's a remake appearance. It obviously didn't happen at any point last year. And so, you know, when we're coming into this year, it's like, well, you know, he said it was going to happen last year. And then there's all these messages coming out that maybe it's going to be this year again. Obviously, it didn't happen at E3. So now we're going to be thinking, well, is it going to be Gamescom? Is it going to yeah. be TGS? Is it going to be Paris Games Week? Is it going to be the PlayStation Experience? Because unless they come out and say it's not happening at this event, it's they're going to get questions about it yeah it's gonna but anyway and i mean like that's the thing as well like he sort of is behaving as if like he's the only person who deals with this kind of thing where i'm sure like valve still constantly get harassed about half-life 3 blizzard i'm sure get asked all the time what they're working on like it, it this is just this is just the nature of what it's the industry. What it is. The video games industry is notorious for um, secrets mm-hmm. and um, no one likes anything being leaked or anything like that. Hey, at least they're not asking about his personal life like they do actors and actresses and whether or not he's wearing underwear underneath his clothing like they did with Scarlett Johansson. That's true. Like, you know, like you're getting asked about a game that a lot of people care about and a lot of people want like sound bites on. Like it's really... Like, I don't begin to understand his situation, but, like, you kind of have to put it into perspective sometimes that, like, it could be way worse. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, um, kind of going back to it, all we get from him is updates with him saying, like, he just did, saying, by the way, guys, development's progressing really well, probably actually better than we were expecting. Um, Don't worry about it. He he could be asked um, how he developed the bravery system when it actually wasn't him who developed the bravery system. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but I think you know it's, it's those kind of answers where he's just like, "Don't worry about it, guys." Well, we're asking the journalists are asking because they are worried. Yeah, you just turning around and saying, "Don't worry, it's fine." Yeah, it doesn't really do anything to try and allay fears. Like if you yeah. read the comments on those kind of articles when he's saying that, it's just like, "Well." you just it's you're saying nothing mm-hmm. it's it, you're saying development is going very well but we haven't heard anything about the game for three years so is it going well like are you going to yeah. show anything yeah they haven't they haven't done well to to sort of manage the panic in the um in the community and i guess that's the thing so he he said now that the the main motivation for them announcing the 7 Remake when they did was because people within the Japanese gaming industry were starting to become aware that they were working on the remake. And within Square Enix, they didn't feel as though they could keep it under wraps for much longer. And in actual fact, it did get leaked before E3 anyway. Which was so surprising. And and a lot of people didn't even want to believe it anyway. No, and so from that perspective, fair enough um you wanted to control the narrative but then if you go back to what he said where he doesn't want leaks to ruin surprises he doesn't want fake news he likes to control things well we've had such a long period of time without anything that 
the longer it goes, the longer things are out the there. The more people are going to speak out. Yeah, the more likely that leaks are going to happen. That's mm-hmm. just the way things go within this industry. There are so many people working on these projects that leaks are more than likely to happen. Yeah. And we saw it with Final Fantasy 15. The entire story was leaked pretty much six months before the game released. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... These kind of things are more and more likely to happen because of so how many people are working on these projects. Kingdom Hearts 3 even had the big leak with Monsters, Inc. because one of their contractors just happened to leave files online or something like that. And it's just these things happen the longer they withhold things that they don't mm. necessarily need to withhold. Like exactly. they clearly have stuff that they can show off right now. Yeah, like I mean, like I've said before, the stuff that they cl- they showed behind closed doors at... Um the farewell stories why have they not released those yet like it just seems a bit silly for them to just wait like what are they waiting for they could easily release images of that like they yeah, could easily I th- and i think if they'd have showed that off at e3 even during that um even during the press conference that they held uh whatever it's called the showcase if they just said like right we're going to show a bit of stuff from the final fantasy 7 remake mm-hmm. now here are some updated concepts for cloud the Nimoa. avalanche people yeah people would have been satisfied with that yeah yeah sure i think the most requested thing was gameplay footage but you know if it was just any kind of update people would have been excited about that that was gameplay and an update were the two most requested things related to final fantasy about from for e3 and we didn't get either of them. We've mm. just got small snippets from interviews from Nomura where he wasn't particularly wanting to answer questions about it. And it's just a bit strange. And, you know, going back to the fact that leaks happen, Kingsclave was leaked like a year before they even announced it <laughs> at the Uncovered event. It's just that no one really picked up on it. And it's just one of those things that it's it's going to happen. So... Mm. And the longer it takes for them... I mean, literally, the last thing we really heard about the 7 Remake was at that Magic event. They showed off two screenshots. And yeah. that was that was almost a year and a half ago now. Yeah, and now that apparently that's completely scrapped. So, we yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird situation. A and, like, it's, it's hard not to kind of drill this as a Nomura problem. But, you but know, if you, look at, if you look at how things have gone, Agato versus 13 both suffered massive delays loads of complications we had birth by sleep volume 2 which got shoehorned into being another game kingdom hearts 3 was a similar situation and they're the major games that he's worked on over the last uh, 10 years yeah yeah i mean you know I, i wonder if a part of it is just because he just is think he's not quite tuned in to how things work at the moment with regards to marketing games or maybe he never was quite clued in on on how what he says affects the ways that it is because that's the other thing as well and that's it's what i necessarily i don't necessarily like about how he about how he portrays everything is that like when he does do interviews like this where he talks about this kind of thing he always has something else to blame and I just feel like that's a bit like even if you do have some if even if you do have an excuse or like someone else or something else that came into your way, you still have to accept kind of some responsibility for yourself. Yeah, even if it's not actually his decision. So like yeah. if you look at Kingdom Hearts three, for example, he said in that interview, like the kind of expose interview where he uh, it was like really heartfelt. Remember that one? It was mm-hmm. like last year or something when he was explaining why Kingdom Hearts 3 was delayed. And he basically said, 
The company told me I had to change engine, and I did as I was told. And it just sounds a bit like a petulant child, in a way. Like, uh, even with Final Fantasy XV, when he was taken off the project, he was like, um, I think he said something along the lines of that it wasn't his decision or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, like, you just have to control yourself a bit. You have to sort of have a stiff upper lip and just kind of except yeah they're one team right they're one team it, mm. it, no one likes people that throw other people under the bus no no definitely not and i think tabata was really good for that with final fantasy 15 he accept responsibility that you know he was upset that final fantasy 15 was delayed and he was working really hard to try and make it as good a game as he could and he always have carried that mentality always talked to the fans you know, he did so much to try and help things along and keep us in the know. And I really think that that is what Nomura needs a little bit more of. Granted, the guy can, the guy can like get the hype. Like he, he knows how to bait people in. I will well, give him I mean, him yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 was credit. one of the most talked about games at he, E3. He knows how to bait people in. He doesn't necessarily know how to maintain that bait necessarily. Like, he doesn't know... Well, I think also um, he's he's dealing with a different fan base. Mm. So he's, he's Kingdom Hearts is obviously his baby. Um, that's the game franchise that he's had the most fun with. He's, he's really put them through the mill yeah. because... They, they we're on the third game now after was it 15 years mm. um and they've he's basically made the fans buy every single known handheld to experience this rather i guess convoluted storyline yeah um so if yeah if like if you if you've got to the point where you've played every kingdom hearts game like you are dedicated yeah obviously now it's on on a single platform um so it makes it a bit easier but if you legitimately played all the games on the psp on the 3ds on the uh, on DS. the ds on the game boy advance like you had a lot of systems <laughs> yes <laughs> and yes. spent a lot of money like i don't think too many franchises would have expected that from their audiences and i think when you come to final fantasy fans um it's a completely different beast not only because of the relationship they've just had with 15 massive delays the relationship they have with uh, 13 as well, which obviously had a long development period too. Like it's not a good situation. Like they really needed to have the seven remake. Just, just do a Bethesda fallout fours coming out in six months, guys. Yeah. Like that would have been Boom. amazing for Square Enix. It would have been such a positive experience, mm. but now we're in this situation where three years on, we basically have no idea when we're even getting this game. We haven't actually seen anything for it because what we have seen is no longer relevant. Yeah. It's a very strange situation. And mm. sure, they can release it and it's, it could be an amazing game. But everything until then is going to be so painful. Yeah, they're really going to have to work on turning around the hate brigade. Yes, yes, they are. But yes. But yeah, so that's that's kind of like where we're at. I think it's it's been interesting to see that Mura has changed his tune as to why they announced it when they did. And to be honest... Even in, in both instances, I can understand. Like, they are completely valid reasons as to why they would have announced it when they did. Yeah. It's just a shame that they did. And, yeah. you know, the whole the whole leak rumor society that's that's been breeding 
it, it obviously it's become more pronounced in the last five to ten years as the media has got more uh, prevalent social media mm. has got more prevalent it's not something they had to deal with 20 years ago when it was small teams working on small projects and and while they would have had to do media work no one really cared that much no i mean like you know when we did the final fantasy 9 um the final fantasy 9 like origins uh stories like the fact that like hashimoto we found out he basically just talked about final fantasy 9 like really nonchalantly like oh yeah the next game might be final fantasy 9 we're not sure yet like you know the types of things that they used to get away with back in the day yeah no one really picked like, up on that nowadays no that but would nowadays, be you say everywhere. anything you say anything I mean, even even just him announcing the PlayStation 4 version of Final Fantasy VII, like, that is just, like, mainstream. Like, that's, like, so much. Well, you can see it now. He literally, all he said was development was going well. Pretty much every single major news publication have reported on that as news. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Naboo thing, like, the minute that the Naboo thing hit, like, everybody was just on that. Oh, my goodness, how, like... No more, uh, Nobu is going to be a part of our But it just shows remake. you how starved people are for 7 Remake news. Yeah. Any, literally anything that happens that, that the media can talk about, they will. Yeah. Because they know that people desperately want information about this game. To a fault, No though. matter where it comes from. Like, to a fault. Like, that's the thing. Like, I I definitely think that it is damaging well what i mean we've seen it because even recently there were all the rumors that came out about the fact it wasn't going to come out to 2023 yeah about, which were completely about, misconstrued yeah, which was which wasn't even true the fact that development was going terribly which also like it was completely update information even if that was true there was the stuff about um them hiring for a new team a year after the that interview actually happened like and this is where it comes to square enix not being able to control the narrative because they're not saying anything yeah and it's Nomura's worst nightmare like you can see it based on what he said it's all playing out right now everything that's happened in the last four or five months relating to the remake has been his worst nightmare there have been rumors coming out everywhere leaks coming out and they haven't responded to anything they have just literally dug their head in the sand and they're just pretending it goes away yeah now obviously there are some people like like we tried to be as accurate and as uh we tried to downplay these things as much as possible because then there's no point making them inflammatory there's no No. there's no benefit to that but not everyone is like that there are lots of people that report on these things as fact and that's how things spread the whole 2023 release date thing was a joke from a behind closed doors press conference and someone took that out of context and said it's fact it's not Mm. coming out to 2023 and then it even got on freaking destructoid like like the publications that picked it up it was just like they're not they're not necessarily small viewership publications and it's just like do you have no integrity have you not like even thought to research it like that that's the thing that drives me nuts is that it's it's that sort of it is a bit like a daily mail like type of integrity where they just think this is really juicy guys we have to post this up and it's just a shame that we've become these sharks for information but again it's because we're so starved for information if there was stuff happening more regularly around the final fantasy 7 remake these rumors and stuff like that, they wouldn't be able to get as much traction because there would be more stuff happening. It's why I definitely think, like, 
something like an active time report would have done them served them well for i mean yeah like seven. it's although there were we points where they, we we could about like yeah. active time reports well, yeah there were points where the active time report became a bit monotonous but you can i can pretty much safely say that there was very little happening around the final fantasy 15 that didn't come out of active time reports or interviews that square enix conducted there were obviously leaks that happened there's nothing they can do about that and tabata even said that he he was having to learn how to use them to his advantage mm-hmm. so when the story leak came out they re- they started releasing news about the story so like it, it was we're going to roll with the punches like he he learned to have a to build a relationship with the things that were happening and and, and have a more probably, active dialogue he probably learned so much by just doing that like i mean i bet you his next game is going to be like at least improved upon what he did with Final Fantasy 15 marketing wise even. Yeah, although I would say he's kind of fallen into exactly the same trap as here because... Because <laughs> he's he, gone silent. <laughs> well, well, he said that he's working on a new game and he's not going to announce it until he's ready. So therefore... Everybody's going to be asking any, him. Yeah, when anyone gets the... Op- it's, you can see it already. It's happened over the last six months. Whenever anyone has had the opportunity to interview Tabata, they have always asked him about his new IP and how it's progressing. Yeah. So again it's but he doesn't mind that's the thing that's the difference he doesn't mind answering those questions he finds it fun yeah because that's the thing like you just say the same thing you just go into pr mode and just kind of say it's going well guys play final fantasy 15 until i'm ready to talk about it yeah (laughs) you know cool but anyway right so um hopefully you guys enjoyed the discussion around that i think we've made some interesting points (laughs) interesting Interesting hopefully you guys uh Feel free to join the Discord if you want to discuss. Um, yeah. Just go on the the website and there's a big distinct link to Discord. We we always have discussions now about some of the stuff. Um, it's good to it's good to engage. Sometimes we are saying stuff without necessarily appreciating the context of what we're saying, and it's good to kind of clarify some things. Yeah. But yeah, like if and you want to discuss, we're also saying it like off the top of our head as well. Like yes. I mean, yes, we do yes, some we research, but it's just like you know you can't research everything that sort of why pops not. Up. Because the discussion would just not happen. We would just be like, oh, wait, hold Re- on. Let's read, off, to, let's read this off the to, sheet. We have to Wikipedia that real quick. You know, like it would just be, yeah, that would just be chaos. Anyway, moving on to news. I mentioned that there were, of course, some interviews with Amura. Um, some of the stuff that they said about the remake was that they're going to be, I mean, it's not new stuff really, but they're going to be diving further into the story of minor characters. And they used Avalanche as an example of that. But again, yeah, we we knew that. That's not revolutionary. Um, and yeah, Nomura assured everyone that development was progressing faster than they than they expected. <laughs> we don't know what that means. There's no reference point. And that as fans, we shouldn't be worried. And, of- and, and get this, that they are planning when they're next going to share information. Let's dangle that carrot again. Yep. Oh, when are you going to be sharing it next? Oh, you're not going to say. Well, then we're just going to have to keep asking you when it's going to happen. Yeah. To be honest, I'm actually like wondering whether or not they're just going to keep tight-lipped until Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Potentially. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's part of the thing is that they would just want all the attention on Kingdom Hearts 3, which they did get at E3 because Kingdom Hearts 3 was pretty much the only thing that was there. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have to sit in tea. Locke is now live. Um, they've done character refreshes for Lightning and Terror. They've added a new Type Zero stage based around Academia, which I know Lauren is very excited oh, about. Oh, yes. 
And they've added new story sequences for Ace and Ramza. Finally! Which I believe uh, you have to have completed the main story to see. So they will take place after the final boss. Mm. But no, like, I mean, heck, that was like so long ago that we sort of played through the city NT and then we're just like, it would be really great if there was Ace and Ramza stories and now they finally did it. Yay! Yay! We did it! Woo! We did it! And then Yay. lastly, we have some Final Fantasy fourteen news. So obviously during E3, Yoshida did quite a lot of stuff. He did his letter from the producer live. They announced, a, they released a hotfix for the game. Um, and I think on the 3rd of July, they're going to be releasing patch 4.35. Apparently it's not going to be a significant patch, but there is going to be some cool new contents. There's going to be a new deep dungeon called Heaven on High, and there's going to be some new quests from the Hildebrand Adventures. (laughs) Oh, Hildebrand. He's so silly. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all there is. There's not really much going on from the Final Fantasy perspective at the moment. They're keeping very quiet on pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been. It's. I'll been tell you what's dead. been most surprising out of everything that's happened over the last three weeks. Okay, so sure, there was a patch that went live for Final Fantasy Fifteen. I think in the first week of June, which really went under the radar. Um, but they didn't have any presence at E three. No, and nothing afterwards, which really it's surprised really weird. me. Yeah, like I mean, it just feels like. An empty E3 without my Final Fantasy 15 universe trailer. They they roll them out whenever they can. I know. I and know. it's not like there's not stuff going on because they had the, the mods going live. I like... need my new Afrojack song. Well, they did a new skin for Ignis. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. new hair. Yeah, so... Sexual. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, so that's the end of this episode. We're now going to go into our music segment, which is... Absolutely about Final Fantasy VII. It's an arrangement of the main theme by the Seikara Anime Orchestra. Hmm. Hope you guys enjoy that. It's a very nonchalant, like kind of chilled out version it's of the main nice theme. It's a very nice theme. Yeah. So yeah, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 10th of July. If you want to subscribe to us, just go to the iTunes store and search for Final Fantasy. We're there or thereabouts. And of course, you can catch every episode at FinalFantasyUnion.com, as well as all our news coverage, which is provided by Brayden. And if you really enjoy what we do, why not consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We actually should be having a guest appearing on the next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. Yeah. So if you want to come on the show, head over to Patreon and figure out how you can do that. Yeah. All right, it's time for us to say goodbye, Lauren. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. 